I, I get to see the truth every day. That's, I, I consider myself so blessed. Known you since you first started and ground zero and to see how far you've come. It's amazing. I'm Quick. shocked too, man. When you own the business, you're going to put your people first okay. in some ways. Yeah. And then you're going to pick up the slack. You have to take care of them because you take care of them. They take care of you. Yeah. There are a lot of people who they just don't like the energy business. Right. Despite being completely dependent upon it. Right. The most important thing they taught me was about gaining trust, mm -hmm. not to abuse it, right? to gain it and maintain it. Some of the best companies to work with out here are ones that put people over production mm. and they're surprisingly successful. We will make gold out of dirt. Welcome to today's show, Bam Biz Talk Podcast. I'm here today with Mr. James Durbin, the oil field photographer. How you doing, brother? Doing awesome. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Known you for a while since you first started and ground zero and to see where you how far you've come. It's amazing, right? And you went, you, you took off. I'm quick. shocked too, man. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. And that's the beauty of why I appreciate someone like you being successful, right? Because you're shocked that you're successful. And I think that's it takes that humbleness to do what you do because just a quick because and we'll get into this we will get into this but you launched from the middle entrepreneurial challenge i did 2018 i believe it was 18 yeah and uh just real quick i just remember on your financials the amount that you asked for was to the penny yeah it was it, and they were actually kind enough to round up slightly but it was not uh it was the probably the least amount asked for maybe that's still ever been asked I think, for i believe so and uh very specific and and yeah i mean i knew what I needed to, to really transform what I was trying to do. And I didn't, I didn't go for any more than that. Maybe that goes against shooting for the stars, but I was hungry to try and want to make sure I got what I needed and, right. and I wasn't being greedy. Right. <laughs> That's what I love about you, man. You're a straight shoot, you're humble, and, but you're going to make do with what you got and what you need. I think that's a great lesson for entrepreneurs. Hey, use what you have and make the most out of it. Entrepreneurs and small business owners, are you searching for ways of taking your business to the next level? BAM is your answer. We specialize in crafting high-performance marketing strategies that put your brand front and center right in the palm of your customers' hands. Not only can we create a premium website full of features that optimize your social media and digital marketing presence, but we ensure that your brand gets multiple views from your target audience and even those visiting your competition. BAM is your go-to solution in the Permian Basin. But we're not just about digital and social media marketing. We're a one-stop shop offering a spectrum of services, including business mentorship, strategic planning, market research, and access to capital. That's right. We can get you funding to expand your business. With BAM, you're not just getting a service. You're gaining a partner committed to your growth for the life of your business. Our team of experts in small business development will be with you every step of the way, offering the guidance, support, and services you need. So why wait? Kickstart your journey to success today. Call us to set up a free consultation and discover how BAM can help your business soar above the rest. 432-247-8840. Call today and get your business launched. 
The BAM Biz Talk Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Pachuco's Restaurant. Craving authentic and eclectic cuisine in Midland? Well, Pachuco's has you covered. Located in downtown Midland at the ever-so-legendary and iconic historic building at 316 North Big Spring Street, Pachuco's blends rich and unique flavors in a conveniently pleasant and vibrant atmosphere. Enjoy the highest quality barbecue, savory tacos, burgers, and a variety of other mouth-watering dishes that reflect the spirit of a true Pachuco cuisine. Real, authentic, and just plain different. Check out their menu at www.pachucos432.com or call 432-218-8806 to inquire, or better yet, just show up and get your shine on at Pachucos, where heritage, exquisite taste, and hospitality come together for an unforgettable dining experience. Pachucos, Midland, Texas. Contact us for podcast sponsorship opportunities. Now back to the show. Yeah. But what's amazing is we actually still have, uh, I mean, most of what our ask was uh, that we were funding was uh, some equipment and really just uh, financial assistance to start the business, to handle formations of companies and things like that just cost money that are hard to do at the beginning. And we, so all of that obviously still carries over because the business is formed and running. And a lot of those costs were expected and, and allocated for. And then the rest was equipment. And, and technology changes pretty quick, but we actually still have everything that, that we purchased. It wasn't that long ago and the equipment is still extremely uh, useful and high, and high functioning. So it's really been a great investment. It's all still there for the most part. That's amazing, man. And of course you've added on. Yeah. That big equipment. time. Big yeah. time. Huh? Yeah. So t- tell, tell us a little bit about the oil field photography. What, what do you do, man? Yeah. So just like it sounds, we do corporate photography, videography, and other kinds of visual production mainly for customers of the oil and gas or energy business. And yeah, you do, man, you do all kinds of cool stuff, man. Like you do drone footage, right? Yeah, we work with drones. We work with time-lapse equipment. Time-lapse is super cool. We came up with a really unique system. We even had to build our own equipment to really make it to make it work because nothing commercially was available uh, to do extremely lengthy time-lapses uh, over a year in length or more. We've had one that's approaching two years recording right now. Wow. In fact, and there's really nobody in the country that, that that has that type of reputation for being able to ensure results Wow, like that, like we do. So like you, you build the structure to house the camera? Or? Yeah, I built a, I've got two trailers that I built out in using parts through a, a local company in Odessa. We mounted a camera platform to them. We mounted solar panels to them and they can run for forever and they record 24 hours a day, and there's some other cool things I can do on the back end to compile the time lapses. And so we're using them for construction projects. We're using them for cool things that happen in the oil field, like when rigs are, are walking and moving, or for just basically showing a completion of a well project from start to finish, from when it's a, a field of dust to when it's a fully completed functioning well pad. We're able to record it start to finish, play it back, and use it as an educational tool. Okay, that was my next question. What are these companies using that for? It's a, it's the usefulness of it in the oil and gas business is, is just infinite because we can break down each section of the process and show how it was done in a bit of a sped up manner, which most people don't usually get to see. They'll drive by and see a rig there for weeks at a time and then it's gone. And right. Maybe they see a completions crew come in and it's gone, but you don't really know what's, what's going on. And as anybody that's been around this business knows, there's dozens of, and hundreds of companies at any given moment that are involved in what's happening on those sites. And so we're able to really show how each aspect 
of of the industry comes together to to make these projects happen. Right. So you have all these different service companies coming in and out, all the different Correct. aspects. Yeah, truck traffic, just the people. People is really at the forefront of where our business is. We really like to showcase the people of the business, of the industry, humanize the industry. And these time these time lapses are just one way we can do that. But when you watch one, you just see the sheer number of people and vehicles that are moving constantly to make these operations possible. And it's really eye-opening. I would imagine it's the same kind of realization or perspective that you would get when you're in a plane and you look down and you see a bunch of ants moving around, cars, trucks, people, yeah. right? Well, this is the same kind of realization. We yeah. You move it in and out. Yeah. That's the cool thing about this tool is just you can make long things fast. You can really condense big projects to see each uh, step of the way being done. And so we've got another one right now out on a gas plant being constructed. So it's cool to see all the pieces of equipment come in, lift all these big, heavy towers and things that are being assembled. And at the end of it, the company will be able to have this really cool piece of marketing material. Additionally to, to that, we also have remote viewing capabilities. So our customers are able to view these projects in real time, real time, wherever they are in, in the country or the world. Oh, wow. So like on the gas plant construction, our, our customer was super thrilled because they got all their execs together in their Houston office, logged in and watched them when they had a crane lift, especially heavy, big piece of equipment. Yeah. They were able to watch it in real time in the boardroom yeah. over lunch or whatever. Right. I just have it playing in the background so that they could be part of that project yeah. and experience the excitement of that monumental piece of the puzzle right. being done while they were all several hundred miles away. So that's interesting, right? They can witness the milestones of the project. Yeah, exactly. Progress, right? Are we on schedule? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what needs to be adjusted? Yep. And you'd be surprised what stuff we catch sometimes. So. <laughs> yes. And, and our, I'm sure our listeners are from the Permian, the ONG. We know the oil field. Yeah. Right? So yeah. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely uh, good for contractor management, knowing when people are supposed to be there that they are there. Man, that's just one aspect of our business. And, and that was really an offshoot after, well, after the entrepreneurial challenge, that was something that I dreamed up, especially around COVID as I came to figure out there'd be a need for a lot more remote monitoring capabilities and, and less people possibly having to just travel out to a remote job site just to make sure that everything is still happening. That's where I dreamed up this technology, along with a couple of my customers who gave me a shot to to test it, to try it, which is really the most important thing because it's all good. It's all good to have an idea, but sometimes it takes a little help to get it in, into motion. And our first time lapse was a disaster. Oh man, I'm a guy. I'm the kind of guy that if you ask me to do something and it's and I feel it's within my abilities, I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes and I'm gonna research it and I'm gonna figure it out. Figure it out yeah. And we're gonna do it together. We're gonna you're gonna know that I'm figuring it out with you. But we're gonna if it's within our capabilities and, and, and our specialties, I'm gonna figure out a way. So I, I had a customer that wanted to do a year-long time-lapse. And of course, none of our equipment was up to that task. And there really wasn't a lot of options out there. So I researched what was available at the time. And one of the first lessons we learned was anything that you put out for a year in the Permian Basin better be able to withstand yeah. the dirt, the dust, the elements. And so that was a learning curve and learning how to build protection for these things and learning how to really delve into some of the manufacturer specs when they say that it's like a weather seal device. I'll weather suit. <laughs> so we've we've come a long way. And the first time left, it was a success. I just say it was a disaster because it was early tech. I didn't have the remote capabilities on that. I would literally have to go out once a month and get on a man lift and plug into these cameras to pull the data off of them just to make sure in case they got destroyed or anything happened, we didn't lose, lose it. So I would be going back and forth to Kermit, getting on a man lift with my laptop balanced on the edge of the man lift, pulling data off. And I just kind of 
even putting installing those units, I had to source the pipe, the trailer, the truck to haul it out there, install the poles to put the cameras. I mean, it was just, oh. I learned there's got to be, I learned what I needed to figure out to make it better. And, Through that trial run. Yeah, man. And the, it worked. It's just like one of those things where it's like, there's got to be a better way. Or here's what I have to R&D better. And so our next unit was trailer mounted. I instantly knew I had to have something on a trailer that I could move around, that I could position myself and that I could access. And I knew that remote viewing capability was going to be a very critical component right. of it. And I knew that extremely heavy duty, exterior rated camera units yeah. were going to be wow. mandatory. I, I love that story, man, because as an entrepreneur, you just starting out, you just, it's like, what is that? What's that say? An entrepreneur jumps off the cliff and then figures out how to assemble the That's plane. That's it, man. And, and, and you got to be willing to do the work. I went out there and was doing it. Willing I didn't have anybody. To do the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so when you did start, you were just one man, right? Yeah. 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 You were Absolutely. an EO field photographer. I was. And that's where the company name came from. When I dreamed of that name, I, I thought I was literally uh, in bed, I think, or in the shower. Sometimes that's where ideas come to me. And I told my wife, I was like, man, I should be the, I am the oil field. I'm the photographer of the oil field. That's what people call me for. Surely there's somebody's named that, you know, and I got on Google. I'm like, there's no way there's this nothing. URL exists. There's somebody's going to want money for it. And immediately the GoDaddy or whatever popped up, like this is available for $7.99. She bought it instantly yeah. right then uh -huh. for the full term, five years or whatever it would do. Cause I was like, this is, I'll build the website later. I'll figure this out later. Mm -hmm. And this is when I was still fully involved in my previous job, which was in the news business for the Midland Reporter Telegram. I was like, I'll figure this out. There's a place for this, but I am the oil field photographer. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to claim it. And that doesn't mean there weren't ones before me or during me or after me, but man, that name is useful. Yeah. Although now that there's more of us, it's a little, I've got, there's more than one of us now. And of course we do more than just a oil field and we do more than just photography. So, <laughs> you know, there may be a rebrand in the future. Really Midland Odessa is an interesting place because every, everybody knows that everything is connected to the oil patch. Right. So right. it's not a weird thing when we shoot a, a dinner banquet for a fundraiser under the oil field photographer name because yeah. all of our customers are there. Uh -huh. Anyways, yeah. so it just works in this area. And, uh, sure. and this area is just so unique. So. It is very unique, man. And that's amazing, right? Had the vision. You said, let's do it. Yeah. Let's go. And I like the whole... Well, you because have to claiming it. You have to believe you you got it in order to try and go for it. And at that time, and even now, there's oil patches all over the world. I'm not the only one that that does this. We want to be the authority on it for sure. And and we really pride ourselves on 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 being not just photographers but oil field photographers. We we learn this equipment. We learn what's the different aspects of the industry are and how these companies relate to it. So. And most importantly, we get safety certifications to be out on location. So you're not going to get that experience that you'll get from working with us with just any marketing firm Who's or, photo or right. random photographer. Right. Because they could say, yeah, I could be out there on location, but yeah. can they? Do they have PPE? Are they looking around to be mindful of dangers that may exist out there while right. they're producing? Are they able to do that while they're producing? It's You have to have a little bit of a split brain yeah. operation. Yeah. Because we all know it's, that is a dangerous spot. You know? Yeah. We're well aware that... We're well aware that when we are on site as media producers on an oil and gas location, there's we're a liability yeah. for a lot of different companies that are involved. And it's taken a long time to build trust and understanding that we can minimize that and we can help our clients minimize that too by also looking around for safety violations or things that this. We want to be a partner to them, not just like a kind of a, a problem that they hope gets done soon. We will stop a shoot and, and have somebody adjust where they're 
H2S monitor is to make sure it's in the proper spot, like not on top of their hard hat or clipped to their boot or something. <laughs> not that ever happens. Not that, that ever happens. <laughs> or that somebody looks their best, shirts tucked in or however they want, the, however the company yeah. wants to represent themselves, be a partner in that and make sure that everything we shoot has to be useful to the company or it's a, or it's just a huge waste of right. an investment. Because they, they spend all that money and then you got three guys with the H2S monitor on their helmet. Or not wearing them. So, and you were just there clicking, not paying attention. Yeah. Well, man. Yeah. And, and a lot of our customers have had that problem in the past. I can imagine. So before working with us. So these are just a few of the things that we really strive to help set us apart. And I think what have helped make us successful is just being, being involved in this industry, really owning it, being an advocate for it, mm -hmm. and, and using that platform to help share the story of our customers and their important role in this industry. And that boils down as it's a unique to what you do, right? It's value add and it's customer service. Yeah. Customer service is definitely important. And we pride ourselves on just being so accessible. And we, we live and work in the same area. We are not bringing in a crew from Houston that doesn't know what they're looking at and has to stay in a hotel somewhere. And we were here. We know it. We breathe the same dirt in that, that, that everybody else does. Yeah. And we get up at the same time and go to the locations. We know where the locations are. When you tell me it's in Mentone, I know where it is. A lot of times these we'll, we'll work with marketing people. And they'll be like, yeah, we have a shoot that's close to Midland. It's in Orlando. I'm like, I know a lot of times I know more about it than the marketing firms that are, that are working with the oil companies and need somebody to do the photography. Oh. We're more informed on the topic. Yeah. Because yeah, if you've been out in the field, you know where all these different locations yeah. and leases yeah. are. And you know how to, you're wearing steel toe boots. Yeah. That's, you're not yeah. going out there in some Nikes. Yep. You know, that, that's, it's amazing how it takes someone from within to service your own people, right? Yeah. That's, I think that's really what's missing, has been missing a lot over the years. You know, that there's a lot of going out outside of the area, you know, for what, right? But I think that's changing. I think the culture it is, is changing. Midland, Odessa, there is so much great investment from a lot of public and private partnerships to make this area have everything you need. And you don't have to go out of it as much anymore, or at least you can get a local bid mm -hmm. or two, maybe. Yeah. Or maybe even if the local bid is, even if somebody outside is trying to undercut, you've got a local option that you can have a choice and say, you know what, I'm gonna, mm -hmm. I'm gonna go local. I don't think that maybe was always the case. So. No, it's, it wasn't always the case. But like these past several years, it's, it's shifting. Yeah, Things are changing everything from the, services that we look for our small businesses to the small businesses themselves. Yeah. Like the culture, the food seat, the food truck culture has <laughs> yeah. really kicked off. Yeah, for sure. You know, we got some top-notch food trucks that have turned to brick and mortars. Yeah. And there's still some top-notch food trucks out there that want to become brick and mortars. They want to scale. They want more trucks and, and people are going out and patroning these yeah. companies. And it's a great thing. The music scene is starting. Oh, for sure. Per yeah. Big times. I remember when I first moved here. You know, you go out and you find some live music. Well, it's a cover band. So there's anything wrong with the cover band. I love me some good covers, but I, there's something just about an original artist. Oh, yeah. His own work or her own work. Well, we're so fortunate in this area to have world-class facilities like the Wagner Noel and as well as startup entrepreneurial places like the Tailgate, for example, yes, yeah. which is another entrepreneurial challenge uh, yeah. success story that are making it their business to, to put out of fashion, the phrase, there's nothing to do in Midland, yes. right? They're, they're working tirelessly. And you have companies that are donating, a lot of oil and gas companies that are really getting behind that message, whether it's improving green spaces or getting behind school improvement, yeah. education, nonprofit sector, 
just kicking, putting their money where their mouth is yes. to make that phrase go out of style. And you're still going to, I still hear it all the time, but I can tell you our schedule as uh, people that cover a lot of events, philanthropic events, dinners, banquets, fundraisers, clay shoots, golf tournaments, we're full Yeah, every week shooting at least a couple of things that are happening in the community. And so that phrase doesn't go too well with me. It doesn't go too far. I get it. It yeah. doesn't go too far with me though. Cause I know we, we, our guys are always like overtime by the end of the week and we can't take on another thing. Cause I got to give them some time off. Yeah. Like today, Saturday, going back to being an entrepreneur, I'm working two events this weekend. I was able to bring my family to one. One of them is the eclipse, the solar eclipse. Yeah. So that's a cool thing I can bring my family to. For sure. I got to try and balance like work at work versus home life for not only myself, but for my guys. And when you own the business, you got to put your people first in some ways. Yeah. And then you're going to pick up the slack. And my wife's really understanding about that. She's a 50% owner in the company and she'll be out there with me if, if, if need be. And, and then today she brought the kids and we were at the solar eclipse party at the museum of the, of the Southwest, which is another world-class yeah. place that many in Midland may forget about from time to time. For sure. And so, yeah, I worked it and we have, we did have an employee there as well. I didn't just make him have to carry the weight. So these are just decisions that, that any small business owner probably has to make. And right. It, that's, that's beautiful to hear that employees come first, <clears throat> right? Cause they're, yeah. it's, you have to take care of them because you take care of them. They take care of you. Yeah. It's, that's probably the single hardest thing to, to get under control. I struggle with on a daily basis. Some days I'm better than others is that balance that the family first, right? Business, employees, relationships, religion. There are so many things that all need to come first. In some ways, maybe on a given day, it, it may rotate, yeah. it's in, but it, you got to have, I mean, thankfully I have a, a partner, a strong, my wife, Karina, she gets it. And she comes from a background of small business in her family, entrepreneurs. So she gets it. She runs a small business too. We're both self-unemployed, awesome. as I like to call it. Self-unemployed. Yeah. Uh, so she manages some of our, our, we have been fortunate enough to buy rent property that we do Airbnb with. So she manages that and she, she could be having to answer messages in the middle of the, of the night for that. It's just, uh, it's like we're both of the same, of one mind right. when it comes to that service. Oh, and, awesome. But yeah, I'm trying to get out of the office a lot earlier than I used to. You should. And it's yeah. hard though. It's hard. But a lot of the cool things that we do get to shoot, sometimes I am fortunate to be able to bring my family too, For sure. which is neat. Yeah, so. it's a nice perk. Yeah. So how many employees do you have? Uh, so we've got one full-time uh, employee, my right-hand man who's been with me almost since the beginning, like when I first made a hire. Uh, it was just me at the beginning, like we talked about. I'd say within the first year or so, it got to where I couldn't do it. So I got one hired. He's also a news background guy. His name's Jacob Ford. He worked at the Odessa American for years. Good news guy. guys, news people just get it, man. News people just get it. I love working with news people. Yeah. So he, we got him and then I, everybody, I've got three contractors that we, or actually I have a whole list of contractors that we use for certain things, but two of them are really like everyday doing work. That's a, that's good, man. So you have one full-time contract out. What are your, what's your vision for going forward, growing the oil field? Man, honestly, our, my vision is to just continue to streamline, take care of my people and improve profitability from a business standpoint. That's like pretty much right. probably what most people would say, no matter what line of work you're in. I want to take better care of my people. I want to improve our bottom line, cut out areas of expenditure that are unnecessary. That's easy. Big picture. Right. Where I really want to take this because I feel like I have unparalleled access and trust within this industry that is just, I'm so proud of and it's taken years to get. For sure. 
the trust to be on location, to photograph, to, to, to video for large companies yeah. and small companies, but companies that are very private oftentimes. I would love to continue to build our business towards more of an advocacy role for this industry as a whole, mm. because there are a lot of organizations that are trying to do it. I feel like sometimes they end up competing with their own selves accidentally. And nobody, in my humble opinion, is getting that story out from the ground, from the perspective of these the men and women that are directly involved in energy production in this country and how globally important it is starting right here in the Permian Basin. Yeah. And I just feel so compelled to tell that story. And we're, we have to do a lot of these jobs that just make the books flow. But everything we do, whether it's a job for a small company or a big company, I am interweaving that story into it because I firmly believe that all these people are so important to the country, to the world. So I would love to partner with an organization or a few companies and really just maybe cut out some of the smaller things that we take our time with and really just go after telling the story of this industry to the rest of the country because there are a lot of people who, they just don't like the energy business. Right. Despite being completely dependent upon it. And so, man, I just, I don't know that I can turn hearts and minds, but I know what it takes to do that is strong visuals. At least that's what I believe because you're showing somebody the truth. Right. And I, I get to see the truth every day. That's, I, I consider myself so blessed. I look around this area and see it every day. And a lot of people think it looks ugly, but I think it looks amazing. This is man versus nature. This is science and engineering yeah. conquering impossible feats. And I get a front row seat yeah. every day. You get hit with the sweat. It's amazing, yeah. man. I love it. And I just want to share that. Yeah. And I got to, sometimes I have to recenter myself because I, I did not come from an oil and gas background. I did not come from here. I didn't know squat about oil, gas, like you put the thing in your tank and you click the thing and the gas comes out. That's that was the for of years, for my whole, till, till 10 years ago. And so everything I have come to figure out about this industry through asking questions, being a journalist, my background is in news. I ask questions. I have come to firmly believe in the importance of this industry. That's amazing, man. And just what you just said right there. So last night I was watching The Mandalorian, the gallery, the making of The Mandalorian sure. in the first episodes about the directors and John Favreau's there. He was like, you know what? I hire people who are creative. First one was curious, huh? creative, and inspired. Yeah, baby. And I'm taking that and I want to use that myself. Yeah. Because everything you just explained, that's what that is. Yeah, yeah. You're curious, right? Yeah. You're asking questions. You're from the news, right? I love the curious came first. Yes. Because a lot of times, especially in media and production, and I was guilty of this for years. I finally had a shift recently. I'd love to tell that story too. Awesome. But we, we think like, that is right. all that matters. I don't care whether you're a good person or a bad person, can you produce reliably and consistently? And that's of huge importance. And in the news business going and in, in competing for, for visual production against my peers in, in, at the collegiate level and then in the professional world working with various news organizations, production was all that mattered. Right. And that's what made me, I think, so good and, and some of the people that I work with. That's why I love news people. But actually what I've come to uh, find out about is what kind, what kind of person are you? Are you curious? Do you ask questions? Do you seek to get more involved? Or are you just there to observe and then move on? And I think that's, I think that's an issue so, without delving too far off into like news and journalism and the state of affairs in that. Sometimes production, being of that mindset only can actually keep you from learning what the real story is. Yes. Because I was fortunate enough to grow up in, in journalism being taught by a lot of old school dudes, old time journalists, and they Probably the most important thing they taught me 
It was about gaining trust, mm-hmm. not to abuse it, right? to gain it and maintain it and to really become part of the community. Mm-hmm. That's how you get the story. That's how, yeah. Because people will call you. People will go out of their way uh-huh. to tell you the story because they trust you. They trust you. And that's really what I built this whole business on. And it's been about gaining the trust of the industry. But I came to, to find that in the news business working here in Midland, people would start calling me the photographer at the newspaper with a story. And they'd be like, well, we've got all kinds of reporters that work here. And they'd be like, no, this is a big one. This is a big story. We, got, we want you. Wow. And so I'd have to tell a reporter to come along with me. Or sometimes I just wrote the story myself. And there was things like that involving very high level situations in Midland that were people calling me. Yeah. And I'm not bragging. I'm proud. That's because of the, sure. that's how it starts, man, trust. And so I just love that. And then, so as I've said, I've started to, production is important. You can come to expect great production when you work with us, but it's going to go deeper than that. I want people to know what kind of company we are, where our values are, and, and that people are come over production. And what's amazing is I really learned that actually from the oil and gas business. You'd think that production is all that matters. Barrels per day, right. CFM, whatever, whatever measurement that you want to use to calculate your profitability or production. Some of the best companies to work with out here are ones that put people over production. And they're surprisingly successful. Yeah. yeah. Production comes when you take care of your people. That's it. Yeah, 100%. And that's, I love that, man. Starting from when you're weaving in the story, the Ophil story, yeah. people here into your work. Because one of the questions I did have for you is, man, what's your purpose? And I yeah. to tell a story, man. <laughs> we tell, we look for stories. We look for stories. I, I find them everywhere. And sometimes I just get pulled all these directions. That's a great story. Man, that's a great story. But now I'm able to focus it. When a customer calls me or a prospective customer, I, one of the first things I ask them is, what, what makes you different? Who are they? Name them. Because I want to know who, you see these logos around town, trucks driving, like sometimes you don't know what these people do. Right. So, Okay. I've heard of that person or I've heard of you. Who do you compete with? And then I'm like, right, so what do you do? What's different? What's different? Why aren't you them? Yeah. Why? What makes you? And then we focus our coverage on that. Now, sometimes people have like trade secrets or For sure. proprietary um, technology. We're mindful of that and, and work on ways to show their story externally if they want to do that. Right. Um, yeah. You show the results. That's what I think they're, that's what good marketing I think does is really set, it transforms your brand image so that you stand out from, from somebody else, right? hundred percent. Interesting you say that. So you, as your customers, you see your customer as the hero of the story. Right? I see their, yes, I see their, and I always try and relate it back to people though, right? Yeah. People are the hero, right? Yes. So yeah. And you are like the wise old master guiding them along. So I've recently been uh, playing with that scenario and that's how I feel I am, right? I'm like, I'm like the Obi-Wan can- <laughs> and I'm, I'm trying to find Luke out there and guide Luke along his journey. Yeah. Well, they don't always know what they want. Luke didn't know what he wanted. Or they want everything. They think they want, <laughs> like, he want, Luke wants all the power. He wants to be a Jedi now. You don't want to work for it. They want to go through the process. We all struggle with that. I'm a dad. My 14 year old wants to be good at everything right away. <laughs> I get it. I want but the process is the, is the beauty. And that's what we have to shoot because I can't just instantly make this story that says X company is super great. Check them out. Yeah. Here's their phone number. <laughs> that, I mean, maybe that was like commercial tactic years ago. Yeah. What is your process? Mm-hmm. Walk me through it. Right. Yeah. What do you, the pipe comes in, you clean it out, you inspect it. Then it gets, it looks like new and it rolls out the other side. That's just an example. Yeah. Uh, you know, what is your process? Cause that's what I have to show off. 
that's the shop list. Yes. So you're, that's interesting that you bring that up, right? Because you're capturing visually the process. Yeah. Well, so something that we am just is just getting out is a workflow, right? Call it BAM workflow wizard. Okay. So we're automating that process and putting it, make it digitizing everything. Because there's still a lot of companies that are still on paper. Oh, yeah. Having the right getting hand signatures. Oh, yeah. Businesses have just created for running locations just yeah. to get signatures. To get, to, to get tickets. Yeah. Let's digitize that. Oh, yeah. That's been pushed for. <laughs> so and I really think <laughs> years. the process is where it's at. Like you said, the process is beautiful. It's the journey. To- yeah. Usually what I find is a company will say something like that. They'll be like, well, all our competitors are doing this thing where somebody has to go do that. And it takes forever and it's inefficient. And our design is better, mm-hmm. faster, whatever. And that's that's usually the case. That's how companies, that's how innovation works. Right. Is somebody saying, I love the question why, especially being my news background. Somebody's saying, well, this is how it's been. Why? why? Uh, and sometimes you got to be an outsider. Uh-huh. No. Sometimes you got to be an outsider to ask why. Because you, you might feel dumb or somebody just takes it as the way it is. It's the way it is. And yeah. I love asking why. Uh-huh. I ask so many questions. Every time I go out with a customer, I ask something. And it, at the beginning, they were very broad questions. Like what? And I had to swallow my pride a little bit. What is that? What is a fracking thing? What is that? Oh, okay. And then you start seeing like different kinds of, of equipment related to that. What are those silos? What are those towers? Oh, those are silos where the sand goes. Okay. And then you're like, you have to just start. Uh-huh. And now my questions are more focused, more laser focused on specifically what about that piece of equipment yeah. is different than the one I've seen or maybe photographed before, right? Now I'm like, got more experience. But you have to start asking these questions and they got to be dumb ones. Almost no questions. Don't question. They have to be just general base level stuff, or you're going to go through this whole process with your customer acting like you already know mm-hmm. their stuff. And it comes out to end and they're like, what is this? Yeah. Nobody knows their stuff better than than the, right. than the company. Nobody knows it better. So you, you have to just ask them to unpack it for you mm-hmm. and ask them why. Yeah. That, that is probably the, the magic key. Oh yeah. And then a lot of the guys we work with or guys, I say companies, a lot of the companies we work with, like they expect the lingo and all this stuff. There's a lot of, I feel like a lot of people carry themselves out here where a lot of the slang and lingo, they don't dumb it down for anybody. And so you have to sometimes like back up and say, Hey, tell me what that means. For sure. So it goes back to curiosity, right? Yeah. Somebody throws something out there like you lost. Hey, what did that mean right there? Yep. Okay, got it. Let's go. Yeah, and I think a lot of the planning and developing a shot list and stuff like that helps because you'll get a list of things that they say are important and you'll look at it and be like, I don't know what any of that is. So how do I show it? You don't want to show up on the job site and be like, yeah, we're here to show me where the dangler connects to the, the what is the thing in Back to the Future? The flux? <laughs> yeah, you're like, so I got to get a video of the flux capacitor. And then they're like, well, that's actually at another location or it's not working today or you can only photograph it at in the morning, like when it runs, you have to get this stuff ironed. Like you got to ask these questions before. Like, oh, they only run that in the morning. Like when s- stuff comes in, Yeah, we should have started there. So you have to, and it's only by having done this so many times that I've got this system down to be like, okay, let's, before, before we show. Is that you don't know what, you never heard the word sun, sunrise before and you're there to photograph sunrise. But yeah, you show up. exactly. You got to, <laughs> and, and everybody in this industry, like they, they all know what it means. You don't want to be the guy that does it. Right. You know, and. And to that effect, one of the amazing things about the oil field is you can plan it all out and know where everything is and what time and you show up and that piece of equipment isn't even there. Yeah. So that's where I fall back on our news business, our ability to run and gun and produce no matter what is happening. We will make gold out of dirt 
all day long if we have to, but it definitely helps to have everything lined up. And then we almost expect there's going to be some things that go wrong or something's not where it's supposed to be or whatever. But you just want to minimize those things as much as one or two of them. Man, so you're like an alchemist. Yeah. (laughs) There's a phrase in our office, we call ourselves like professional turd polishers because we make (laughs) a lot of stuff that doesn't look that great look pretty good, Uh look really good. And we just call it polishing the turd. Polish. These The thing is, these turds out here cost millions of dollars. Yes. People are proud of them. Uh-huh. And so I try and get them to clean it up before we show up. But sometimes, I mean, I'm not above, I'm not above putting gloves on and picking up a location for somebody. You know, if there's, if some crew that was there left a, some pallets or some trash, you know, that's, that hasn't been picked up yet. I mean, I clean up somebody's location for them because I'm, one, I don't want to, we're not trying to Photoshop all this stuff. Yeah. And two, it's the right thing to do. And three, we, we want people's best foot forward when we capture them. And so a lot of times you'll have a company that has a piece of equipment on a job site. And maybe they're, they just, they're responsible for one little part of it. And we show up and they did a good job on their part of it. Everything else just looks like needs some help. And so we'll say, hey, grab a couple buckets. I keep gloves, heavy duty gloves in the truck. We'll clean up the site for them. And we'll make it look good. Make it look good. Again, not all the job sites are always in great shape. I just want to say, so sometimes somebody leaves a water bottle or something out, you know how it goes. It, I mean, it's, that's polishing turn. Yeah. Just yeah. No, it's little tricks, little tricks. So, but so now, you know, it's Photoshopping it out, right? So I know. You're oh, dude, but yeah, this goes back. Well, first of all, my background in news meant no, no picture could be altered. In the news, trust was, your picture was your trust, was your word, your name on it meant it was the truth. So in the private sector, we get a lot more freedom, but I still carry that with me. I'm telling a true story. Yeah. And if I haven't ever had a company do this, but if they said, we actually aren't doing this or don't know how to do this, or it's not our stuff, but we want you to make it look like it. I would go, I'm not, I'm there to tell the truth I'm there to, because it's just like in life, man. It's way easier to tell the truth than to remember. Well, it's easier to lie, but it's hard to remember the lie. Yeah. And it's just not a good road to go down. Stick to the truth and you'll always know what the story is. So true. we, we look for that story and tell the truth. And so when it comes to Photoshop and all that kind of stuff, it very quickly can snowball into needing to touch up one image because somebody's sticker got halfway rubbed off or something, which happens. And you just need to fix that to having to Photoshop the entire shit. And so that's something we tell people, make sure your logos are good. Make sure your equipment is how you want it to look. Because very quickly be like, oh, just, and they don't get it. Customer will be like, oh, we'll just, you can just change that and do that. Before you know it, there's hundreds of changes that need to be made. And so we don't even go down that path. Gotcha. And if, and we have pulled the plug before. We have, we've said, get your yard together. We'll come back. We'll come back. Okay. Because this is not going to be a good look for you. Right. And I'm not saying that's how everybody is, but these are functioning sites like truck traffic, mm-hmm. things moving, weather being a factor. It's, we want everything to look the best it can look. For sure. And so there's a little bit of involvement that has to happen on the part of the customer to make sure that happens. For sure. So in your innovation and in, in growing, have you found any use for AI? Angel here with the Band Entrepreneurial Center. I've got a burning question for all you dedicated business owners out there, especially if you're in the oil and gas service sectors. You know who you are, the ones who genuinely care about giving your customers an unforgettable experience and who understand the real goal behind every hardworking employee. Do your employees' days often feel like an endless juggling act, trying to stay on top of everything? Do you ever feel swamped trying to get customers updated about their equipment or the job they've entrusted with you? If the chaos feels overwhelming and, and you're searching for that magic touch to get everything running smoothly as possible, well, I've got, I've got some exciting news for you guys. 
Drum roll, please. Bam! Workflow Wizard is here. Now, it's not just a tool, it's your business companion. With just a few clicks, you'll see the change. Streamlined business processes, soaring efficiency, reduced errors. And the best part? When your operations thrive, guess what? So do your profit margins, and that's what it's about. Hi, my name is Melissa Romo. I'm the owner of West Texas Pressure Testing, an inspection and recertification company. We inspect customers' equipment to make sure they can continue using it properly uh, for whatever business purpose. Uh, the BAM Workflow Wizard has really helped me take my business to the next level because I am able to offer um, our customers online access 24 hours a day, seven days a week to the charts that we provide them after their inspection. And this has really made everything so much easier because they don't have to call us anymore to get a chart. They don't have to worry about losing paper copies or USBs. And so now whoever runs the operations or has control of the equipment has a way to easily access those charts. As well as for us, we have a very organized and accessible record of these charts. And it has really brought us up to par on technology with some of the bigger competitors in our industry. So it's been a really helpful tool and I look forward to growing my business with it. Want to see the magic in action? Dive in with BAM, Workflow Wizard, and let's revolutionize the way you work. So give me a call today, 432-247-8841. 247-8841. And let's get your operations running smooth like that beautiful, sweet Texas black gold. See you soon. Yes. Actually, so interestingly enough, we tested it, hated it. We tested it in one aspect of our business, which was corporate headshots and hated it, mm -hmm. threw it out. Awful. Now we did a small control group. I'd be willing to revisit it, but basically we had some submitted images, say one individual, they submitted their favorite pictures of themselves. Have you ever done an AI headshot? No. Okay. So it, what it wants is like 20 high quality pictures of your face-ish area. Yeah, but it doesn't even have to be. Different angles can help, but th that, that it can compile to then generate these different scenarios. So, and if it doesn't like the picture, it's not high enough quality or doesn't show maybe enough of an angle or a different variety, it'll kick it back out and say, give me more. So it, it ends up needing like a couple dozen different pictures. So we did a pro headshot session in our studio. So we had some ones that we would produce like to our standards, real headshots. We fed that in. And then we asked for supplied pictures that, that the person liked so that it could mash it all together. But our professional ones would be part of the mix. I wanted that to happen and not just be generated from like random pictures. Right. So we got about 100 or 150 pictures back and we shared all of them and the customer did not like a single one. Not one. And I said, I can get you another 150, like another, all new, different ones. Didn't even want, didn't even want. Was such a frustrating experience or just new. So what we figured out just from that small example is when it comes to your own self, people are very self-conscious of what looks like them or doesn't. And what I've seen AI useful for is like some of these funny things when it comes to producing photos. Like I want Elvis Presley in 19, in authentic 60s attire, 50s attire, working in the oil patch with era appropriate equipment. It'd be like, generate this. And it's, wow, that looks pretty good. Like, we can't go shoot that. And so, but when it comes to from a headshot of somebody that I can shoot that's actually them, we just, we decided we weren't going to worry about integrating that right now. Gotcha. Maybe it'll improve. But when we, we can't have somebody come in 
when somebody comes into our studio, we shoot like 15, 20 different variations of something and they find one they like mm -hmm. or more than one, multiples. Yeah. We can't have an algorithm that creates 150 and they don't even have one. So that's backwards progress Yeah, for us. Sure. So now AI, when it comes to post-production, so for example, we photograph somebody in the studio, it's a full head to toe, full body shot and our, our backdrop is only so wide, say. Well, AI can really do a great job of cloning, extending backdrops or fixing contours in floors or cracks, things like that. Like we're photographing somebody's shop and they've got like a big crack through one of their floors, cement floors or something. Right. Like it's AI has proven to be useful on the post-production side of cleaning up things. Yeah. Like I said, we try and get the site, we try and do as much cleaning as we can. A lot of that was based on the amount of time that would be involved fixing that manually. So AI is helping, yeah. but we are still not going to deviate our processes. I would rather spend some time with the front to make everything look the best it right. can. And we will utilize what we need later if we need it. Right. But it has definitely proved helpful there. Big for time sure. on some of the post-production. For sure. And we're using it for our uh, for phraseology, like, yes. you know, generating just some generic type phrasing and captions and things, stuff for, for sure. social media. It definitely helps. Yeah. Uh, you know, as a one-man show for me, man, it, it definitely yeah. save hours a week. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm fortunate enough to be in this role now where I'm managing um, employees and, and the crew. And so me personally, I actually am not using AI for anything, but these are the things that my guys are telling me. They have free reign. My guys and, and girls have free reign to go after creatively viable options that will help our business. I encourage it. And I want somebody to come to me with an idea. Yes. I want somebody to come to me with a customer. I will reward them. I want them to take some ownership in the process. Yes. And so yes. I try not to tell somebody this is how it has to be done because that's how I did it or whatever. Right. So yeah, we have a guy who's doing graphic design for us and he's awesome. And he's using AI for stuff. And I like to see, I let, when the cake comes out of the kitchen, you don't go ask them how they made it. If it maybe if you care, but you don't got to be involved every step of the way. Does the cake look good? Yeah. And what you wanted. Yeah. That's, that's what you asked for to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. So I let them cook. That's the go. phrase these yeah. days. <laughs> and as long as it's, especially if it's something that's saving time, increasing efficiency, not sharing any sort of proprietary secrets of our customers with some algorithm, we're not going to use AI in any way like that. Right. Yeah. I'm all for it. And I think that's so important in, in business in general, but especially startup and you're getting well on your way is culture. Yeah. Yeah. You as the owner, as the guy, you set that tone. Yeah. And your employees, they'll follow your lead. It's tough, man. Oh, yeah. I mess up all the time. Oh, we all. It's, uh, yeah. it's hard. Probably the hardest part of running a business. The hardest part for me started. Well, the hardest part that was walking away from my job to start this business. To full Well, to jump into it full time. Yeah. After that, the hardest thing has been just having employees, managing people. People. It's a struggle and it's it really is. not necessarily because these people are just difficult people. It's having to relate and maintain attitudes and production and handle requests for this, that, and the other. It's yeah. Michael, we said the one variable, there's always a next factor, right? And it's always people. People are, is the one variable that really can't count. Yeah. It's, but it's been awesome. Actually, what I've come to find every time I've made a hire or brought somebody on in an increased level of involvement, I've been nervous about, are they going to, are we going to be able to make it? 
They're going to pay for themselves and increase productivity and profitability. I'm just not sure. It's a big risk. Every time I've found that they're bringing more to the table, if you hire the right people and decrease what I was having to do because they're taking on more, right? So, but it's still a huge jump. And it reminds me a lot of when I left my job and went full-time into my own business, that leap. Hiring somebody is an incredible leap. It's a, and it's, nobody's prepared for it. You're taking somebody's livelihood into your hands. And feeding their family. Yeah. 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 So it's a lot. You hire the right people. They bring more to the table. They increase your ability to do things. Or maybe what I've found is you actually maybe end up with more time where you're not having to do something where you can maybe go do that work-life balance we were talking about. Right. Maybe you can get out of the office because mm -hmm. you have somebody there handling some stuff. Right. So that's been a, a great unforeseen bonus, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. of taking on that responsibility. Is there what they bring to the table has an equal and opposite reaction and what you have. If you structure it. If you structure it right. <laughs> yes. And that's the key. Yeah. And man, you know what I think a lot of people don't always understand is if you're a business owner, you are not in the business of employing people. That's not your job is to make somebody's paycheck. Right. Because you could just go back to being your own person. An employee has to bring to the table innovation and ability to increase the company's profitability, which can then go back to the employee. But you can't just be paying people salaries. And that's a hard truth. That's a hard thing. For sure. Business is it's not a welfare system. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And we're fortunate to have people that bring something to the table. And we just have assembled this great team. And they are producing stuff that is at extremely high level. And it relates back to what you were saying about people thinking they need to go outside this area first. There is talent in this area. Yeah, there is. And in some ways, it's uniquely available and untapped. Like from a visual production standpoint, there's photographers and videographers in this town who aren't maybe well-known, but are interested in it and just need a chance to go after it. And in a bigger city or bigger town or something else, they may have gotten more support on that or something. Or maybe he's trying to start their own business or getting their own name out there. Here, they're maybe more tied in by, like they have a great job in oil and gas, but they enjoy photography. Like in some ways you almost, there's these people that have this skill that aren't necessarily sharing it that I've been able to find and work with because they, they may not even know how good they are because the pond is small. Huh. I guess that what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of there's a lot of people trying to produce content in bigger cities. Yes. There's more dissonance of material being thrown out there. And here you can really stand out. And so if you're an amateur that likes photography, you can stand out and, and be noticed. Like I will notice you. We use a lot of contractors who are who have other jobs, do other things. Right. They enjoy photography. And in a bigger pond, they might not get so noticed. Gotcha. Okay. Tracking. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Cause I, I, have, I have several friends on Facebook and they take beautiful pictures. Gotcha. But it's not with the phone. Yeah. They have the equipment. Yeah. They're getting out there and they're finding yeah. the spot. Right. Yeah. When you're taking a picture, it's about your location, right? Where are you set up at? Yeah. There's, I see a lot of grassroots photographers in this town. I think that there's a lot of need for visual production, whether it's a newborn baby or a brand new frack pump. <laughs> we don't do both. We typically stick on the oil field side. But from a visual producer standpoint, this is what I would call a small pond. You can work hard. You can stand out. And we love to use and contract with local talent too, to come help shoot events yeah. and different things. So support local.
That's it. Buy local. Look lo- look around where you're at. Because it's the more you support your community, man, we all prosper. We all yeah. benefit off of that. Yeah. And especially when it comes to like competition, well, it can be a healthy competition. Because we you're always innovating, right? Because you want to improve. You want to improve. Well, if there's competition out there who is improving as well, right? Well, that's like a healthy yeah, it is good, man. I've always struggled with that because I'm always like such a competitive guy that I want to be the best. And for sure, and uh, and just my background competing for for shots at news events against other photographers, other news outlets, trying to get the best angle. I just carry that with me, and I'm so ferociously competitive when it comes to telling my customers stories and safeguarding their trust that there are other people doing what we do, but I just strive every day for us to just stand out in, in as many ways as possible. And I, I sometimes want to go after all these different things. Like I just said to you, there's a huge market for visual need here. Mm-hmm. And I have at times been like, I got to do it all. Right. Because there is a need for it. There's not enough. There's not enough, but there's only one of me. There's only so many guys that work for me. There's only so many directions I want to split everybody. And we just really laser focus in on what we are excellent excelling. That doesn't mean we don't photograph the quinceanera portrait in our studio every once in a while. We do have a studio. We really are experts in lighting, I'm proud to say. So yeah, we have people that recognize that and want us to do some really high-end like family portraiture or something like that. We will do that. I've had to rein back my desire to just conquer all these frontiers because I really got to guide it, got to focus it. So that's an interesting question. So from a marketing perspective, what you're putting out there is oil. Yeah. You put out there that you do family portraits? No, we don't really. They, they just call you and say, hey. Yeah, our customers all have families. <laughs> I know a guy. Yeah, we'll usually find out is they'll be like, hey, like, do you think you could do this too? Almost like it's like we never thought of that. <laughs> and I'll be like, yeah, for you, yes, we'll, yeah. we will. Like, absolutely. But I just think that there's a lot more competition in those segments. And also just from a business perspective, the price point is not there for the amount of competition that, that exists for some of that stuff can be a race to the bottom. Somebody just wants some pictures of their family for 50 bucks and they're happy and you will see a difference. It's, we don't seek to really come in on it. The people that know us, that know what we can do, we take care of them top to bottom. But generally we stick to our bread and butter, which is something that is very focused, requires certain amount of safety certifications and knowledge and experience to do. Definitely specialized equipment, even just knowledge of the area. So it's been hard though. Like I said, I want to go every direction. I want to take on everybody. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just, I am like so competitive. Yeah, I want to do it all. And back growing up as a photographer, when I was young, shooting everything I could shoot, I shot weddings, tons of weddings. And I also have come to realize, hey, I can do anything because I have my background as a sort of a just jack of all trades, newspaper photojournalist, send me in, I'll get something good no matter what. But there are some people that really specialize in that in this town that are really good at that, that are really good at newborn babies, that are really good at certain things. So do I want to spend the time to to really go after that or do I want to focus on our area of expertise? And these are business questions, videography, whatever, out of it. Picking directions to expand. Our customers go through this all the time. Sometimes they just buy another company. That way they got it. (laughs) Sometimes that's easiest, right? In the oil and gas business, Mm -hmm. look at some of the acquisitions that have happened. It's easier to just buy a company in the area you want to be in sometimes 
that's that's already got a good model down for sure than it is to try and take the time to go out Build there and strike out and do it right so i've spent a lot of time building this with the focus that we have and so we're continuing in that direction and, and expanding to just continue to represent the industry through advocacy and through storytelling and that's really where we're at right now that's beautiful man in my head since you mentioned that a while ago but a documentary oh how about a documentary on this area yeah well let me tell you i I could do, I, we could do it and I would love to do it. And I also am compiling stuff off to the side for maybe a book one day um, because this area, like I said earlier, I look, I have become, I'm not originally from here. I have not become what you would call, I don't know, tone deaf, like to some of the images of oil and gas that I see. Like right now, when you drive up North Big Spring, there's two drilling rigs behind a Starbucks. Yeah. Do right. you know how amazing that is? Right. Where else in the world are you going to see that? Yeah, Are you going to see that? It's right in the middle. It's so, and that stuff happens all, it's all over out here. Way. I remember covering a cross-country race when I worked at the newspaper. And it was out at some land off 1788. And they were drilling. And these kids were running 3.2 miles around this course. And they make a turn. And I have to figure out where I'm going to shoot from. That's part of my job at the newspaper is like, what are the good angles? And who are the good kids that are, have a good story? And, or maybe are winning or whatever. Well, there's this one angle they turn and they come running towards me where I could position a drilling rig behind them, you know, gotcha. and I'm like, that's the shot, dude. That's the shot because this is so, it's just such a, it defines where it defines the area and they're almost competing elements in the same picture. Mm -hmm. But around here, what's amazing is those aren't competing elements. We go through everyday life. Uh -huh. You can go up North Big Spring and get in the Starbucks line and be within a hundred to 200 yards of a actively drilling, drilling rig and people sit there and just go through their phone, do whatever, don't think about it. Right. So that's fine. I don't want everybody right. thinking about it because right. that's what I think about and it captures yeah. me, yeah. it inspires me. And so I just seek, whether it was back in the news business, trying to incorporate equipment and sites into every picture I took, which I think is really what helped me build my name and stand out why companies started calling me. Because right. no matter what I shot, I'd try and include like something, something in there and yeah. people would be like, hey, that was, our, that was our piece of equipment that we thought that was really cool to now where I, I really try and build these elements that not only just tell the story of the company, but tell the entire story of the region, tell the entire story of the industry. Yeah. That is what I love to do. Years ago, learning photography, I had to, I figured out when it came to composition, which is a photography word people use, how do you compose your shot? Do you put something off to the side or what do you do? Right. I had to figure out early on that it's not about putting all the elements into the picture. It's about putting the right elements. Yeah the right depth. So cutting out the stuff that doesn't matter, yeah. stacking in the stuff that does, is it whether that means you move yourself, whether that means you walk up to the top of a hill to change your perspective. Yeah, It's about putting the right elements in. And so we try and figure out from a business perspective, what are the right elements? We try and throw a little bit of magic in that could be stuff that's just happening out in the field, other cool stuff, other sites, architecture, regional stuff. Sometimes you get some mountains when you get far enough over towards New Mexico. Here, we're limited. Yeah. You can change your elevation. You can do something. Get up on a man lift. I try and combine the right elements into the picture. Right. And that's what that started years ago for me because I, I found out really quickly I could make some really sloppy pictures just shooting wide, trying to capture everything and figure out later what was important. You got to figure out what's important right then and there. Yeah. That's your eye in the moment. It, it's your physical eye, right? You're seeing visually, but then you're also, how do you tell the story yeah. that you're trying to capture? Yeah. Telling the story. It all goes back to that for me. And I would use pictures to tell a story. Now we're using video. I love shooting video now. 
I love shooting video. Before you weren't so much. Oh, fun. dude, video was like the bane of my existence. <laughs> You're in news. I'm old enough that it was like, I right got to the end of the, I was the first on the cusp of the digital transition. I shot film and then I went to digital, never looked back. So then video was shortly thereafter. And I was like, no, I'm a photographer. Like I'm a yeah. video stuff. Well, I had to learn video in school. They had, they were teaching us. Our, everybody knew video was like the future, but you could grumble about it. A lot of the older guys at that time that were in the news, but like retired or just were like, no, we're not doing it. I knew I was going to have to take it on if I wanted to be viable in that industry. Yeah. So I learned video, but I still never really liked it. And the idea shortly thereafter in the news business as cuts were happening and it became a really hard time to get a job was this notion of this great phrase was invented called one man band, yeah. which really means everybody else has been fired and you're supposed to do the photography and the videography and write the story and everything. And you're still going to get paid like one person. <laughs> so, you know, there's a little bit of by necessity. I had to be able to learn and do everything. Now that I have uh, this business and I have this crew and, you know, maybe now I've got somebody that can take care of some doing the pictures. I'm free now to do the video. I don't have to also do this. I don't have to do that. We have a crew there. Man, I really love video. Like it's a such a more dynamic way to tell a story because I don't have to fit all the right elements into one frame anymore. Right. I can do multiple shots that tell a story. But if you have that compositional knowledge, that photography experience to make a good, what a good shot is, mm -hmm. to, to then make a good video with it. Because yeah. you can make a bunch of garbage video too. For sure. <laughs> and I think I definitely, our editor that works for me would definitely say I've shot plenty of garbage video. But we are always, there's always enough and I've gotten way tighter and I've started shooting more and I've started shooting more focused things. And I just really like recently have enjoyed shooting video. We've been doing video for a while, but like I've, I hired videographer and people to handle because the time involved in editing and all this stuff. And I'm, but now I, I'm really free to focus on that or focus on whatever I want to. And yeah, it's been cool. Video is great. Obviously, we're in the age of sharing video online. Videos get more clicks than photos. YouTube is has become the largest search engine. People don't care how to do something on Wikipedia. They want to know how somebody did it on YouTube. So they just see it and do it. I'm old enough that I'm very frustrated by that because... It's never the right video of like exactly what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like it's always just something close or whatever. I, I still Google things, which probably <laughs> shows, I guess if you're of a certain age and you say, well, Google it, it could be anything. Recent. Kids probably don't say Google it. So video, but the point is it's definitely been defined. Video ain't going away. Right. <laughs> it's, right. it's not going away. And in fact, an interesting thing about it really is the need for this high technical production has actually gone away. And it's more about the story again. Yeah. All about the story. It doesn't matter if it was shot on a phone. In fact, most of the things we see now are or on the phone Yeah, or are formatted. We take our multi gajillion dollar cameras and turn them this way to, look like a to shoot vertically because everyone's going to watch it on a phone. Yeah. So you might as well use all of your pixels, all of your sensors. We're doing that now. I mean, we're shooting video this way. Okay. Taking the cameras and actually filming everything this way. So the point is, it's come back to the story yeah. because the technical aspect of it will always stand out. Always people see high level production, but a good story, people are going to watch it. A good TikTok, a good reel, yeah. people are going to watch it yeah. and share it and comment and argue and whatever. If it's if it's done on a red, a super high def, if you're not fought, there's no story to track, if there's no nothing there, what is the visual duty? Yeah, man. And I love that. I love that a lot because... I've always, I've never had the pretty much the newest camera. I have, we have a ton of equipment now, especially being a small business, successful media production company. We have whatever we want, really. 
But I always still have to justify whether or not that thing will make more money than the previous model or whether I just want it. Right. And I've always erred on the side of we use our stuff up and then we replace it when there's something that it no longer can do, that like a, a new model can do better. Gotcha. And so, yeah, like we don't shoot on red cameras. Some people um, may would say we're leaving some quality on the table, but we're still dealing with a lot of customers that don't know what I'm asking them when I ask if they want it in, ten, in HD or 4K. They don't know. Right. So what's the difference? Yeah, they really don't know. And, and then when they just go like whatever is best or something, they need to understand that 4K, they might not even have a machine that's up to the task of handling viewing the 4K right. that we can produce. So it's just an interesting dynamic of where we're at that we have made decisions on equipment and how we shoot things and, and stuff where we're not. We have top end equipment, no doubt. But we don't need to worry about somebody having the newest model because What's it all come down to? The story. Story, man. And so we tell the story and we do it the best that we can do it. And we have the right equipment to tell the story. And that's it, man. Yeah. Man, that's beautiful, man. It's all about the story. And I think that you've told, you you have you yourself and your business have a beautiful story. And man, congratulations on your success. And I look forward to you continuing that story. Thank you, man. It's been a wild ride. I've said that for years. It's, I really feel like we're in the, we are, strapped into the same rocket that our oil and gas yeah. partners are uh, when it goes up we're with them it's sometimes it just feels like it's this momentum where you're just facing up and the rocket is just going and we're just along for it together uh, yeah. all of our comp our customers are that way they're developing new tech we got to shoot it yeah. we're keeping up trying to keep up with shoots we're booked months out you know i mean it's the rocket is going let's go and we are firmly connected and and partnered with the energy business right we are along for the ride and it's been a wild one. It's been a fun one. There's been downturns. Oh yeah. We made it through. And boy, I'll tell you, there was still stories to tell in the downturns too. For sure. I can only imagine. That's where it is. That's, that's where, where the innovation where unfortunately takes place. Yeah. Uh, and that's where we innovated some things too, is when I had more time to sit at home, be like, well, what's next? Because now I had the time. How do you figure it out? Yeah. And so, yeah, we're, we enjoy it. I love it. I just, I, our unofficial slogan, I guess it's official, but it's what I got listed on our social media is we're telling the story of the most important industry in the world. That's, that's what I believe. I used to say, I used to be like, I don't know, using great visuals to blah, blah, blah like kind of this thing. And I, and you guys at the business development, when you guys help a business, what's your things like corporate slogans, that all should matter. Vision. Mission statement, yeah. vision, you name it, core values, right. all this stuff. I love the phrase elevator pitch, that phrase, mm -hmm. because that's yeah. really what it came down to. I was told to focus on that heavily when I was in the entrepreneurial challenge. You got to convince somebody to give you money in five minutes. So you better not have too many words involved and, uh, and a whole lot of feeling. And so we just, I'm just, I, I just captured that essence. I firmly believe it's the most important industry in the world. I think every other industry is connected to it. Every other quality of life item is connected to it people's personal mobility and freedoms and ability to travel, move up in life, improve themselves is tied to it. I just, it's the most important industry in the world. And I get to tell its story. You're, you have the honor of doing that. I do. It that's is your perspective. Yeah. And that's what drives you. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Well, man, you got, where are you at? Where are you located at? We're in Midland. We have a Midland studio. We office out of Midland. We got, do a ton of work in Odessa. We're a Midland Chamber of Commerce member. We're a Odessa. What is there under... 40? What is uh, that? Um, yeah. Young Odessa. Young professionals. We're, so we're a Midland Chamber of Commerce member. 
we're young professionals of Odessa member because we do work, uh, plenty of work in Odessa. We have employees uh, live in Odessa. So we are a local business, but man, we are doing stuff all across the state, all across the country. I go uh, all over the, the US doing this. I was just in Colorado for some time. We go to Louisiana a lot. I've been to Pennsylvania before. We are in the oil fields of the country, but we are so proud to be based in the Permian because I truly believe this is one of the best areas of production, one of the best areas to be telling the story of the energy industry and will likely continue to be one of the hottest spots yeah. for activity when it comes to energy production for our country yeah. and for the world. I couldn't agree more, man. And it, we're, I think we're actually just getting started. I hope so. Yeah. It's, it is, it's just an interesting, yeah, just getting started is a great way to phrase it because it's a little bit of a fighting phrase because there are people that want us to be done. Right. So it's like taking the opposite stance, like we're just getting Excuse started. Up, but it's also is pays homage to the history of this region, which has been written off before completely. Right. The Permian is dead. There is no more oil. It'll be gone soon. Right. All you got to do is go to the Petroleum Museum. One of my favorite exhibits there is all of, especially as a news guy, it hits me in multiple areas. All the news articles that state like peak oil will be in 1976, uh -huh. like all these yeah. headlines from all these sources that, that are saying like the end is near. The end is, the end is not. Dude, this area has just broken the preconceived notions and it's done it over and over. And it's that spirit of wildcatting. Yes. I Otherwise, everybody would do it. You got to take a risk taken. Yeah. And there's some folks in this town that have done it and drilled dry holes and been made fun of and doubled down and tripled down. And a lot of people like to hate on people that have become successful, but it took blood. It, yes, it did. <laughs> well, the safety laws were written in blood, right? Well, there's that. Because it, it is a dangerous because you're taking yeah. a risk. You're taking a huge risk with those way back in the day, the wildcatters with those dry holes over and over again. Well, their great grandkids are, are doing good now. Yeah. And they're donating to help build new parks out here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And so for you to tell the story about it, it that's what the area needs. Yeah. We need a, like a collective perspective. Yeah. And it's a risk I buy in too. I'm, I'm betting our livelihoods on it too. I'm betting that I can tell this story mm -hmm. and that I can continue to tell this story. Yeah. That's a risk. Sure. Yeah. I could just say, well, I think I'll just shoot weddings because people always get married and maybe we'll move somewhere where there's a little more green stuff and I'll just do that. And there's no shame in that. But man, I just, I'm yeah. I'm in it too. In it to win it. I'm gambling uh, with everybody else out here. These are my customers. These are my friends. Uh, we're partners. We, I believe in it. So that's the third time you use the word partners. And I, I wanted to comment on it before, but. I think I know that is a big reason for your success right? because your customer is just not your customer. They're your partner. Absolutely. I see these guys at the clay shoots. We, our kids go to school together. In the Permian Basin, especially when you're dealing with companies that are Permian based or have major operations here, you, this community is still small enough that you, you're not just not going to see somebody again. Whether So you got to do them right. You got to see something through to completion. And you got to be a partner. And especially in this industry, this energy industry, I consider them partners because we are telling their story. And the only way we can really do it is with that trust that I talked about at the beginning. Yeah. They have to open up to me and tell me why that same piece of equipment that I know every other company that does what they do has, how they've configured it differently, how they've custom built it maybe differently, or how their people run it differently, or whatever it is. They got to trust me. I got to know. Otherwise, I'm just there. We can come out and take pretty pictures. You got to tell me anything. I'll show up. We'll yeah. do a good job because I'm confident. We got the skills. Put me out there. That's my background in news. 
I can handle it. But you really want to dig into it? Mm -hmm. I want to dig into it with you. Yeah. I want to hear what makes you, and I want to show it up without giving the too many goodies away. I got to know. Yeah, for sure. You're not showing anybody the secret sauce when you drink a Coca-Cola. Yeah. You don't know the secret recipe, yeah. but hey, it's a good drink. What's interesting is a lot of companies really do offer, there's a lot of the same things out here. It just really boils down to who can be most efficient at it. And then who can introduce new technologies at a way that is still financially attractive. Yeah. For sure. And I, you hear stories all the time about the different innovations that you, I'm sure you hear way more yeah. than I hear. Just It's what's when you're telling the story of how that innovation came to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's so, again, I also have come to find out there's a little bit of security in that because the innovation happens, these companies call me back out because they changed. They got something better, newer, yeah, faster. And so in some ways it's like copping out. No, I won't say copping out. In some ways it's like picking a different form of photography where you say, well, people are always going to get married or something. So I always have good job security in the wedding photography. No doubt. But I've come to find out like this leap into the energy business has some security too, because my, co my customers won't be back. They got more stories they want to tell. We just scratched the surface of what makes them special. And they came out with something new. They're on the cusp of something new. Like our best customers, we're not going out shooting the same thing over and over again. Right. I mean, they are innovative. Yeah. And you're being innovative. Yeah. We're being innovative. Okay. We shot this way. Let's do it this way. Uh -huh. we, let's, how about a sunrise? Like, where's this location at? Is there something, what else is happening there? So, man, we just, that's why they're partners yes. because we work with them to tell their story. There's what it's about, man. And in doing so, you're telling your own story. Well, it's threaded in there. Yeah. That's the, that's the journalist in me. That's the journalist. This, my story is, is being wrote as an observer, documenter, documentarian of this industry. What's really interesting. I mentioned one thing I like at the Petroleum Museum. I'm going to tell you another thing I like at the Petroleum Museum. There's a camera there. There's a camera, an old camera, way old, yeah. like with the little like squiggly, like diaphragm oh, thing, wow. like okay. we're like an old timey camera. Of the century, yeah. the century. And it belongs to what I would call was the first oil field photographer. He didn't call himself that, but it's on display. Uh, wow. And, and it's got a little uh, caption under it. And there, there was an oil field photographer who traveled and documented the industry 100 years ago. Wow. And so it's a little humbling. I always look at it because sometimes I can be like, yeah, I'm the oil field photographer. No, I'm not the first one. And I won't be the last one. And I wasn't the second one or third one. There are guys that have done and if you've been in the industry long enough or especially been around some of the publications that cover this industry, there's been some guys that have done this over and over for years, but a lot of them got old. I'm carrying, I feel like I'm carrying the torch. I feel like it's a responsibility and a duty and an honor. But yeah, I go look back at that camera at the Petroleum Museum and it's a little humbling because this isn't my idea. This is all about telling the story and imagine the conditions that they had to work in and yeah. no safety. Yeah. It's just mind blowing to me. It's, it's one, it's my, it's one of my favorite things that the petroleum means to. So of course. Next time you go, look for the camera. I, I will. That's super interesting. That's yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's super cool that you're carrying that on. You know, I like to think so. <laughs> you're doing it. You're yeah. Doing it, man. Hey man, it's been a pleasure. Tell people how they can get a hold of you. Where do they find you? Well, I'm the oil field photographer. You type it into Google. I, there I go Googling <laughs> yeah. again. Right. Yeah, the oilfield photographer.com, the oilfield photographer on Instagram, on LinkedIn. We have a TikTok now. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Whatever. Facebook, the, the oilfield photographer, T H E. It, it's not hard to find me. When I decided to pursue that name a while back, like we talked about, I decided right then and there I didn't care if somebody knew what my name was. I just wanted them to know what I do. And that's what I do. 
put it out there, man. Yeah. All right. Well, man, it's been a pleasure talking with you, man. Uh, Thank congratulations you. on all your success, brother. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. And uh, looking forward to a lot more. Thank you. Have a good one, man. <laughs>